How many times in the week do you wake up like a zombie and feel dragging your feet to complete simple tasks? Oh, frack, those days are not as thrilling as an episode of The Walking Dead, right? In today's episode, we will discuss the fine balance between putting in the right time to complete our work and putting in the right time to focus on well-being. We will also talk about how we fall prey and to what when we break this balance and how to explore some triggers that affect our behaviors and decisions. Prepare to get your apocalyptic pistols and let's kill some zombies! Hello and welcome to the Leadership Nest podcast, the podcast that nests stories, knowledge, and science to soar the leadership in you. I'm your host, Tati Fittipaldi. As always, our podcast will be divided into three phases, a story, a lesson, and its application. This way, you can have structure and information while also having some fun. This program is brought to you by Coaching Expatriates. Today's story. In the heart of a lush forest, there lived a diligent squirrel named Lila. Her days were a whirlwind of activity as she tirelessly gathered acorns for the approaching winter. She prided herself on her hard work, but often neglected her own well-being in the process. One brisk autumn morning, while Lila was deep in the woods, her attention fixed on the acorns above, she failed to notice the stealthy approach of a starving fox named Felix. With her stamina depleted from weeks of non-stop gathering, she lacked the energy and alertness needed to outsmart the cunning predator. Felix, with his eye gleaming with hunger, sprang forward, closing in on Lila with every leap. Panic gripped her heart as she realized she was in grave danger. She darted from tree to tree, but her tired legs faltered and her decision-making abilities were dulled. Deciding a simple path to escape was excruciatingly difficult. The fox's snarls grew closer and escape seemed impossible. Just when it seemed all hope was lost, a blur of fur and feathers swooped down from above. It was Oliver a wise old owl known for his keen perception and quick thinking. With a swift and calculated maneuver, Oliver distracted Felix, allowing Lila a moment to catch her breath. As Felix turned his attention to the agile owl, Lila scrambled up a tree to safety. From her perch, she watched in awe as Oliver outwitted the fox with a series of cunning maneuvers and graceful dives. In the end, Felix slunk away, defeated and hungry. Lila descended from the tree to greet Oliver, her heart filled with gratitude for her feathered friend. Oliver, with a knowing look in his eyes, gently reminded Lila of the importance of maintaining a balance between hard work and self-care. 
He explained that her exhaustion had made her an easy target for predators, and it was crucial to prioritize her well-being to thrive in the forest. Lila took Oliver's advice to heart. She continued her diligent work, but now she interspersed moments of rest, relaxation, socializing with her friends. Her fur regained its luster, her energy levels surged, and her decision-making abilities also sharpened. As the winter descended upon the forest, Lila had an ample stash of acorns, but she also had something equally precious, a newfound appreciation for the importance of self-care. She knew that by maintaining a balance between her hard work and well-being, she not only ensured her survival, but also lived a richer and more fulfilling life in the forest. Lila's encounter with Felix and her rescue by Oliver became a tale passed down through generations, a reminder to all the forest creatures of the delicate balance between diligence and self-care and the wisdom of never losing sight of one's well-being in the pursuit of success. This episode is sponsored by Coaching Expatriates, a leading global executive development company that helps leaders around the world create happier and more profitable workplaces using the four success pillars in global leadership, an innovative leadership learning methodology. Visit their website at www.coachingexpatriates.com. Today's lesson... You know what's funny? How we often treat our well-being as if it's some separate entity from our work life. It's like we've got this invisible wall between me time and work time, and we're always trying to balance them out. But guess what? There is no wall, because the wall should not be placed in the time dimension. It should be placed on the energy dimension. You see, how we do one thing is how we do all things, and if we don't take care of ourselves, we're probably also not taking good care of anyone else as well as we could. It's like those plane safety instructions. When the plane is falling down, we should put our masks first, then help others put on theirs. Taking care of yourself is more of a mindset, and it's part of our job description, even if it's not written there. If we are not on the top of our game to work and perform, we're missing something. Missing something as important as if we're missing a skill or a tool for the job. But we often don't realize it or don't look it that way. Our energy and well-being is a tool for work, like anything else. Let's talk about the duality of taking care of ourselves and being productive at work. I mean... Think about it. When was the last time you had a terrible night's sleep and woke up feeling like a zombie? How productive were you that day? I'm guessing not very. Your brain was all foggy, and even the simplest tasks felt like climbing the Mount Everest. It's like trying to run a Ferrari on empty gas. It just won't work. Our mental and physical well-being is the fuel that powers our productivity engine. When we are well-rested, we think more clearly, we're more focused, and we tackle tasks with gusto. So, 
The next time someone tells you to pull an all-nighter to meet a deadline, just remember that it's not a badge of honor. It's actually a one-ticket to productivity burnout. Now let's face it. In today's world, very rarely do I see a boss demanding their employees to pull an all-nighter, although it still happens. But what I see happening most often is the individual saying that there is no other way but to pull an all-nighter. And sometimes, depending on the deadline, what the topic is, the urgency, etc., it is indeed the only solution. But if burning the midnight oil is really frequent, frequent as in more than two or three times per week, then there is something wrong. You are pushing your energy beyond the invisible wall that will impact your well-being. You are the one putting the pressure on yourself. And we will talk about workload management in a future episode, but if the workload is not being properly managed to the point that you have to overwork all the time, it means it's time to change some habits and ways of thinking that are not serving you to something that not only serves you, but also empowers you. Now, I wanted to shift gears a little bit to go back to our story. Lila had quite the scare, right? When she met Felix the Fox and was unprepared for the run. Who is Felix the Fox in the real life? What are the quote-unquote predators in our lives in similar situations to Lila's when we are exhausted, fatigued, and drained. In the real world, when people are tired, exhausted, and lacking energy, they can become vulnerable to various predators that can affect their well-being and performance. Let's have a strategic stop here and list these predators and what science and research have to say about them before we continue. Number one, negative self-talk. When fatigued, research shows that individuals may be more prone to self-criticism and negative self-talk, eroding their self-esteem and confidence. Number two, poor decision-making. Exhaustion can impair cognitive functions, leading to hasty or uninformed decisions that may have negative consequences. Number three, lack of focus and attention to detail. Reduced energy levels can result in diminished concentration and higher likelihood of overlooking important details. For example, the other day that I was truly exhausted and overworked, I did not pay attention at the end of the day that the Windows Update button meant upgrading to Windows 11. I pushed the button and regret it for the rest of my life. Sorry, Microsoft, Windows 11 sucks. And it was all because I was tired and not prone to focus and give attention to detail at that time. Number four, errors and omissions. Fatigue can lead to increased mistakes, oversights, and omissions in tasks or work, potentially affecting the quality of the output. Number five, poor immunity. Chronic exhaustion weakens the immune system, making individuals more susceptible to illness and infections. Number six, Snappy behavior, tiredness can make people irritable and quick to anger, causing conflicts and strained relationships. Number seven, issues in communication. Exhausted individuals may struggle to express themselves clearly, leading to misunderstandings and miscommunications. Number eight, emotional instability. 
Lack of rest can result in emotional instability, with mood swings and heightened sensitivity to stressors. Number 9. Impaired problem-solving Complex problem-solving abilities can suffer when individuals are fatigued, making it difficult to address challenges effectively. Number 10. Reduced creativity Exhaustion can hinder creative thinking and innovation, impacting problem-solving and decision-making. Number 11. Risk of burnout Chronic exhaustion, if left unaddressed, can contribute to burnout characterized by physical and emotional depletion. Number 12. Strained relationships Fatigue can strain personal and professional relationships due to reduced patience, empathy, and communication skills. Number 13. Reduced productivity A lack of energy can lead to decreased productivity, as individuals struggle to stay motivated and engaged in their tasks. Number 14. Health issues Prolonged fatigue can contribute to a range of health issues, including insomnia, headaches, and even digestive problems. Number 15. Mental health challenges Persistent exhaustion can increase the risk of mental health issues like anxiety and depression. Number 16. Overthinking Fatigue can lead to heightened levels of rumination and overthinking, causing individuals to dwell excessively on problems and scenarios, often leading to increased stress and anxiety. Number 17. Overeating as a stress coping mechanism when energy levels are low and stress is high, some individuals may turn to overeating as a way to soothe their emotions, potentially leading to unhealthy eating habits and weight gain. If you relate to any of these 17 situations, you are probably not balancing work and well-being properly and are falling prey to one of these Felix the Fox. So we have 17 types of foxes that prey on us whenever we hit that wall of the energy dimension that goes to exhaustion and depletion and that can ruin the day and our plans. It is already bad that we're depleted, but on top of that, we will have one of those 17 negative outcomes impacting our days, our projects, our relationships, and so on. To avoid being prey, we must avoid being depleted. The lesson today is not just about balancing how much work we need to put in and our well-being, but also learning that every one of us has a way of thinking or triggers that make us decide to push ourselves a little further through the wall that leads to depletion. And if we want to be better leaders, we must learn what these triggers are for us so that we can avoid them, to avoid becoming depleted and prey to one of those Felix the Fox of life. I could babble all day long, but the reality is that each one of us has different reasons why we pass through this wall. No one knows what's going on in our heads and why we make the decisions to overwork to the bone instead of taking care of our well-being. For some, like Alex in episode 5, it is the possibility of praise and success. For others, it could be something else. So in the next section, I will invite you to start thinking what your something else is. 
You're listening to the Leadership Nest, the podcast that nests stories, knowledge, and science to soar the leadership in you, with your host, Tati Fittipaldi. Today's tips to apply what you learned. If you closely analyze this episode, you will notice that we're providing a nuanced perspective on personal leadership topic. If you want to learn the basics about personal leadership, you can listen more about it in episode 5 of the Leadership Nest podcast. But just to quickly recap, personal leadership is one of the four success pillars in the global leadership pillars and is the ability to take care of one's well-being, have an assertive and positive mental game, manage willpower, control stress, and lead a balanced life to exert full personal power. The four pillars of global leadership are personal leadership, which leads self for greater performance, people leadership, which leads people to empower a vision, organizational leadership, which leads ideas to create positive business impact, and cultural leadership, which leads behavior to create an inclusive and happy workplace. So this episode is all about managing ourselves for greater performance and what we fall prey to when we don't. The lesson today is not just about balancing how much work we need to put in and our well-being, but also learning that every one of us has a way of thinking or triggers that make us decide to push ourselves a little further through the wall that leads to depletion. So the first tip today is to ponder what your triggers are and give them a label. For example, I have one label for me and it's called almost there. When I'm engaging the almost there trigger, I'm overworking, thinking that I've done so much already that there is no point in stopping now and not finishing the task I'm working on. This usually translates into another two extra hours of work. The thinking is that I'm in the stretch run of a marathon, so I better sprint to the finish line. But very often, the finish line being right there is an illusion. What I think is just another 20 minutes turns out to be two hours of work, and I don't even notice it. I want you to think about three to five labels that make you overwork. In other words, things that you also do that end up putting you in a place of depletion afterward. Don't just think about the behavior. As I said, put a label on the behavior. Studies show that when we put labels on behaviors, we can process and deal with them better. The second step is thinking about an alternative for each of your labels. For example, another label of mine is my promise. And usually this has to do with me being stubborn about what I said I would do and not wanting to deviate from my plans. I don't want to break a promise to myself. If I said I would deliver something, I want to do it. It's in my work ethic. But that's exactly the catch. The alternative is to rethink the promise and realize that I'm pushing myself to depletion. The current promise clearly is not realistic. In previous episodes, we talked about managing expectations, right? And we talked about the importance of regular check-ins to reevaluate and renegotiate expectations and commitments. The same thing applies here. 
we must think about alternatives for each of our labels and manage our own expectations and of those around us. In this previous example, if the promise also involved someone else, I'd have to go back to them and renegotiate. So think about what could be an alternative behavior for each of those labels you created. Then the third tip is to catch yourself in the act. Every time you see yourself engaging in one of those labels, think about your alternative and change the way you are thinking and your actions. The reason why I'm giving you these tips today is that science shows that when we think about triggers and alternatives ahead of time, when they happen, it becomes easier to change the behavior because we already thought it out and have actions in place. Bit by bit, we'll change the behavior the more we practice a new alternative. If this type of mental exercise is tough for you, and you see yourself often putting too much pressure on yourself and overworking, then get an experienced co-worker, mentor, or coach to do this exercise with. It's really important to know your labels and alternatives ahead of time so that when you catch yourself in the act, you have an ace in the back of your pocket and can quickly use it. Or if someone else catches you in the act, which is a good segue for my last tip. Find someone to help you catch yourself in the act. Get an accountability partner to poke you every time you are displaying this unwanted behavior. I have two accountability partners, my husband, and believe it or not, my dog. Whenever I'm pushing myself past 8 p.m., my dog comes bark at me, almost like saying, it's time to stop. So when he does that, it's easy to catch myself in the act. I then use one of my alternatives, and we have a happy ending, at least for another day. Key takeaways. Number one, it's important to balance how much time we put into our work and how much time we put into our well-being so that we can keep our energy levels up and stay productive. Number two, there are 17 Felix the Fox in real life that prey on us whenever we are depleted. The more depleted we are, the easier time they'll have to prey on us. Each of these 17 things has awful consequences in our lives, relationships, projects, and overall objectives. To avoid being prey, we must avoid being depleted. Number three, the lesson today is not just about balancing how much work we need to put in and our well-being, but also learning that every one of us has a way of thinking or triggers that make us decide to push ourselves a little further through the wall that leads to depletion. Number four, to act on this lesson, Science shows that we have to clearly identify what our actions and behaviors are by putting a label on them. Then, we have to think about alternative possibilities or behaviors ahead of time, and then try to catch ourselves in the act of that very behavior and engage the alternative behavior or action. Bit by bit, we can change the behavior the more we practice a new alternative. Number five. Having an accountability partner to point out our behaviors when overworking is decisive in helping us change this behavior. 
it's important to have an accountability partner who will poke us and point out that we're doing something we decided to change. This reminder is super helpful. This brings us to the end of this Leadership Nest episode. I hope you have enjoyed learning about ways to avoid depletion due to overwork so that you can stay productive and energized on a regular basis. Tune into our episode next week when we will chat about how missing information can lead to assumptions and bad decisions or misunderstandings. Wherever you are in the globe, this is Tati Fittipaldi wishing you a beautiful day. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer in a future episode of the show, just go to speakpipe.com slash Tati or click the link in the show notes to leave us a brief audio message. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.theleadershipnest.com, where you can subscribe to our show anywhere podcasts are streamed so you never miss the fun. While there, if you find value in our show, you can also subscribe to our Global Leadership Weekly Newsletter from Coaching Expatriates, where we deliver bite-sized lessons on global leadership, decision-making, and cultural competence to help you learn how to think, relate, and strategize in a whole different way as a global leader. If you like your show, you might want to check our online Global Executive Leadership Program, a nine-week leadership development and learning system that will help you lead internationally while making financially conscious and impactful business decisions. Tati Fittipaldi is also available for private coaching. See the website for more details at www.coachingexpatriots.com slash executive dash coaching. Thanks for joining us this week on the Leadership Nest podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Until the next time, keep nesting. <laughs>